Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning and Merry Christmas season, brothers and sisters in Christ, the remnant. Hey, I want to read a scripture today from Isaiah 46 to kick things off because we are going to need it. So Isaiah, we're going to cover so much with Pastor John Haller today. Um, So verse 9 and 10. Remember the former things long past, for I am God and there is no other. I am God, and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, things which have not been done, saying, my plan will be established, and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. That's Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. So, Father in heaven, give us wisdom today. Help us to Um, really get through some of this information. And and for people that are listening, Lord, prepare their hearts that it not be uh, too overwhelming as much as it is disappointing. But, Father, as Christians, uh, our job, our purpose doesn't change in Christ. We are your ambassadors, so help us represent you well. Today, just today, in this 24 hours that you've given us, if you allowed us to wake up today, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your provision. We ask that you'd encourage those who need a special touch from you, who maybe are uh, losing hope, maybe are stressed, but also we ask that you'd allow us to focus on Jesus Christ in a new way and avoid some of those many distractions in this holiday season, which we know is Christmas season. We know it's a holy day because it's about the birth of Jesus Christ. So we thank you for this time. Thank you that uh, we are here for such a time as this, and it's part of your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor John Haller is with us. Um, John, uh, before I get to um, you, I just want to mention um, the special discount on Canceling Christianity. Thank you guys for ordering the book. And there are five cases left for the $8.50 per copy deal. So in other words, a case is 24 books, and they are $8.50. If you buy a case, I've got five left. So let me know. You can email comments at standupforthetruth.com. But thank you for your prayers and your support as uh, we've been censored and shadow banned, as you know the story. But right now, John Haller, he's a pastor and elder teacher known for his weekly prophecy updates. He's also been a trial lawyer for almost four decades. And he and his wife, Pam, helped start the church he pastors, which is Fellowship Bible Chapel in Ohio, I believe Columbus. And I encourage you to check out his updates weekly on the FBC YouTube channel. And John, welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth, brother. Hi, David. Uh, Just if I could ask, too, if uh, your audience is inclined. Uh, I have a nephew. uh, He's 38 uh, who's in intensive care uh, in a hospital here in Columbus mm. uh, with uh, COVID. So uh, he's in pretty bad shape on a ventilator. They started dialysis yesterday, so he's in very critical condition at the moment. Wow. Um, and I know, I know you told me his name yesterday. What's his name again, John? Chris. So pray for Chris. Chris. Okay, so pray for Chris to be healed, for God's protection, to draw the family closer to the Lord, and to even to use this. Uh, to get people saved, even among hospital workers and those who are taking care of him. Um, So, John, one of the most disturbing stories I've come across this week, and there are a lot of them, uh, was from the Gateway Pundit. If you are not vaccinated, they are now keeping you from grocery stores. Now, this is a Canadian province. It's imposing these new regulations to ban unvaccinated individuals from being able to buy food. I personally did not think it would get to that point. So your thoughts? Well, um, you know, it's a little bit hard to uh, wrap one's head around where all of this has gone. Mm. And so quickly, and New Brunswick is a relatively 
rural province. It's not uh, heavily populated. Uh, they don't even have a lot of uh, cases. I think they've recently had just a couple deaths and hmm. less than 100 cases in the whole province. And they are now, if you're, if you're not vaccinated, you cannot, uh, it, it's up to the grocery stores right now, but the grocery stores can ban you from grocery shopping. I also heard, and I don't remember where it was, it may have been Austria, uh, which seems to be, and the, the interesting thing about all of this, maybe it's sort of the big picture, is that these draconian lockdowns, mandates, restrictions, are they seem to be, uh, be being rolled out in less populated uh, countries and then within a country in the, late, the less populated portion of the country. So New, New Brunswick is not densely populated. Uh, Canada is certainly not densely populated. So a lot of these things are being rolled out there, I guess, to see how they go, and then they'll roll them out in more populated places. So that's why Austria, which is not a, I think, maybe 6 million people in the country, hmm. they are rolling this. They're rolling out draconian restrictions there, just like Australia and New Zealand are rolling out uh, very um, draconian restrictions it, with the hope, I think, or the the plan that they will eventually be rolled out in more populated countries like the United States hmm. and elsewhere. But this is, I mean, I have a lot of, of people, well, I don't know if I have a lot of people, I have a number of people who uh, listen to my prophecy updates in New Brunswick, and they've been sending emails over the past couple of weeks. And they're, I mean, I, I get these emails, David, all the time from people in New Zealand and Australia uh, Austria that are just, they're besides themselves because they don't know what to do. Mm. They're not sick. They ha or they may have had COVID and recovered, but if you don't get this vaccine, which they keep saying, I saw an interesting, they keep saying, you know, well, this one probably won't work for Omicron, but go get it anyway. Uh, and then amazingly they come out and they say, well, this one's going to work for Omicron. Amazing. Isn't that how that works? So go buy it. And, and these pharmacy companies are making billions of dollars. I mean, everybody thinks the vaccine is free, but these companies uh, are making billions. Yep. I mean, I think Pfizer was making in the $30 billion, over $30 billion as of a month ago. Wow. Off of the vaccines. And there's, there's, there's a lot of people who've invested in these companies that have become billionaires over the past year. Why don't we hear much about that, John? Uh, from these vaccines. Well, there seems to be, just my perception is, you know, your show, and I talk about it a little bit, but I don't really talk about it on YouTube because YouTube will take the, the channel down. Yeah. As they've done with another number of people, like I think Tom Hughes and some others. Uh, I have a friend on Facebook. She's, she's in Facebook jail uh, for a month because she was saying that there's a lot of censorship that's connected with this vaccine. They're, they're, they're blocking posts. They're taking posts down. So because she was talking about the censorship about the vaccine and, and discussion of the vaccine, she's now being censored by Facebook, mm. which makes perfect sense, I guess. Mm. It's, uh, it's a very dystopian world. I heard someplace else this morning and I, I didn't have time to, to put it into my notes uh, of a country where if you're not vaccinated, you cannot go to the pharmacy to get medication. Hmm. So I, I don't know. I don't know if they would make an exception if you went to the pharmacy to get the vaccination. <laughs> the whole thing is just insane. Yes. I don't know. I, Sunday I talked about uh, Germany. Uh, they have uh, euthanasia clinics, you know, where you can go to die. They will help you. They will kill you. I mean, that's, that's the only way to describe it. Uh, you're not allowed to go to the euthanasia clinic to be killed unless you're vaccinated. Mm. Wow. Um, I, I know you're, I, you're I, I don't think you believe me. You're, you're sort of unstructured. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm processing. I'm processing this. Like most of our listeners, John, we're probably thinking, they are probably thinking, well, wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. Aren't these health agencies, aren't these 
the people that are running government uh, or even the, those who own grocery stores or uh, pharmacies, aren't they out to help people do what is best for their fellow man? Um, but I, I want to read the last paragraph in this article. We need to move on. There's so much more to talk about. But it says other new restrictions include limiting household gatherings. Here we go again to 20 people capping outdoor gatherings to 50 people and requiring unvaccinated people to avoid indoor gatherings, a lonely and potentially hungry Christmas for the unvaccinated. Masks are now also required in outdoor public places when physical distancing can't be maintained. Now, again, this was uh, based in Canada, this Canadian province, but we've seen, you know, governors and, and others, mayors, try to enforce Thanksgiving and Christmas regulations uh, last year and even on Easter. So, John, wrap this up. Give us your thoughts before we move on to the next topic. Okay. So, look, we're in a very dystopian society. I want to give you a quick legal update, though. There have been a number of mandates that have been put out by the Biden administration. OSHA rule for uh, employers over 100 people, that's been struck down, or there's been a at least a, an injunction against enforcement of that by the courts uh that's also that's up on appeal right now it could be changed uh there was a mandate that federal contractors like if you're a uh, defense contractor you had to have all your employees vaccinated there was a court yesterday that issued a nationwide injunction or maybe two days ago a nationwide injunction against the enforcement of that but that doesn't make any difference because the, the problem is that private employers can go ahead and put these things in place and they are and then you have these, you know, psychotic lunatics like uh, Bill de Blasio, who's leaving office on January 1st, who's put in a thing that everybody in New York has to be vaccinated. All private employers have to require vaccinations, including kids in school 5 to 11. Mm. And this thing has not been tested. And what is the risk of a 5 to 11-year-old dying? It's like 1 in 2 million, maybe. From COVID, from this disease. yes. It's, it's almost unheard of. Yes. Um, and there are side effects to the, to the shot. I mean, there's, I, I'm going to refer you, I know we, we had planned on other things, but I think this is important. There is a, a Friday article, uh, December, Friday, December 10th, the daily telegraph from Auckland, New Zealand, a guy named Guy Hatchard. I just was sent a copy of it this morning. Pfizer document concedes that there is a large increase in types of ad adverse event reaction to its vaccine. Uh, this is written by a Ph.D. statistician, um, and he he comes to the conclusion, well, you can still get the vaccine. There's a risk. You know, the risk of dying from COVID is higher than the risk of dying from the vaccine and that type of thing. But the point is that there were these agreements that were put in place between the vaccine manufacturers and governments that essentially said that if there are adverse reaction problems before the government I, I think I'm, I'm guessing that how these this agreement works. It's a confidentiality agreement, and it's an indemnification agreement. Hmm. And the government's got to go to the company to discuss the potential problems that they're seeing with the vaccine before they release anything to the public. Hmm. Um, Listen, this 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 is a concerted <laughs> takedown of Western democracies. Yes, yes, this, it is. That, that's that's the big picture. I, I would highly recommend. I know I sent it to you last night. There's a, if you can find it on Fox Nation, Tucker Carlson tonight did an interview, I think November 15th with Bobby Kennedy Jr. Yep. And Bobby Kennedy Jr. is controversial. He's an environmentalist. He's a Democrat. Of course, he's part of the Kennedy clan. Uh, but I have to say that I, I, I watched the interview he did with Tucker Carlson. And my personal opinion is it is, it, it may be the best interview I've ever seen with anybody. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I'm a skeptic. I'm an evidence-based guy. And I've been skeptical of some of the claims that Bobby Kennedy has made. Yep. But his book, and I did get his book, uh, The Real Dr. Fauci, is just a... It's a 460-page indictment <laughs> of what's going on. Yep, and he knows. I mean, the, the money, the deal... Yep. Uh, Kennedy knows a lot of the inside information. Uh, he even mentioned his uncle, who was writing, um, I, I think it was uh, health regulation info, and sending it to people like um, Francis Collins and 
and Anthony Fauci. But before we get to Fauci. that, John, we want to talk about that in a minute. But you brought up VAERS. And I want to clarify something, especially for our newer listeners who have heard, I want to say, um, the left, progressives, Democrats, people that are all in vaccine, all, all in COVID. They bought into the hype and the fear. They say that VAERS is not legitimate vaccine adverse events recording site they say that it is not legitimate can you ex please explain why we can at least look to theirs for some accurate information when so many people are not talking about it mainly in the media but so many people don't trust it for some reason well i i will say this that um i i will make a confession in my earlier in, in my career this has been several decades ago, I did represent uh, some big pharmaceutical companies in litigation over drugs that they had made. You know, there, there would be an adverse reaction. Somebody would get sick and die or have severe problems because of the medic, at least claimed to be part of the medication. I can tell you that having, having been through the process on a number of these drugs, uh, we do a thing called discovery and litigation and discovery and litigation. We will pull all of the files that the pharmaceutical company has with regard to that drug, all the research studies, that type of thing, hmm. included in that uh, database. Now, this is 30 years ago when it was a, you know, electronic. I, I can. I was in a, a room stacked floor to ceiling with boxes <laughs> that had data about a particular one particular drug for one particular manufacturer, and there were huge boxes with one page sheets of adverse incident reports. So when pharmaceutical companies do this, at least where there's a threat of litigation, they, they will maintain their own adverse incident report. They're, they're required to by the FDA. Now I don't know about vaccines. I've never litigated over vaccines because the vaccines, what they do is they have a exemption written into law that they're not going to be liable for any adverse incidents Wow. from the vaccine. So there would be less of an incentive to keep it, but there is a public database that's been set up for all vaccines forever about adverse incidents. And so when the, when the left and the pro-vaccine and lockdown and these, I, I don't know how else to describe them, David. I call them psychotic lunatics like uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Daniel Andrews, uh, the 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 dictator of the state of Victoria and Australia with all the lockdowns and restrictions. And they just gave him more power to, to essentially operate as a, a complete total dictator. All he has to do is declare a health emergency, even if there's no evidence on anything and he can control everything. So there, when, when these people tell, tell you, tell me, to not pay attention to the VAERS database, there's only one conclusion that I can come to, and that is they are gaslighting us. Just like the incident yesterday, or what we've seen, we've seen these smash and grab uh, mobs go and get things out of stores and that type of thing in San Francisco and Los Angeles. Yep. You know, a bunch of them will descend on a store. They'll just go and smash and grab as much stuff as they can. Yeah. To the extent that, you know, everything's boarded up in downtown San Francisco but when this happens, for example, our favorite uh, congressperson, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, yesterday was saying, there's really no evidence that this is happening. <laughs> Gaslighting. And she's, and, 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 right. And then, and then the uh, prosecutor, Garcon, uh, the guy in Los Angeles, and then the, the Soros-backed, and the Soros-backed one in Philadelphia. And they are Soros-backed. I can show you CNN New York Times, Washington Post articles talking about George Soros is funding these prosecutors. So these prosecutors stand there and say, there's no crime problem. I mean, we have record homicides in these cities and a lot of cities. And, and these prosecutors get up and say, well, there's, there's no problem. And, and we're, we stand behind our no bail policies. So, so, what ha so they're gaslighting us. It's just like the uh, incident in Waukesha in your state in Wisconsin where the guy... Yep ran over dozens of people all of the articles in the mainstream press are car drives through crowds yeah and many of them disappeared I mean, what is, is this 
They don't even talk about that anymore. They, yeah, they, I know. they just forgot the story even happened, and I wonder why. Hey, John, we've got to take our first break, but uh, we apologize for John's profanity. He mentioned CNN, New York Times, and Washington Post. We try not to use those words on <laughs> this podcast, this. John. But anyway, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what Robert F. Kennedy shared w- with uh, Tucker Carlson. Also... Uh, we've got a couple other articles to talk about, and, and same, the Great Reset, some other things happening in Israel, Iran. We'll get over to the Middle East. More with Pastor John Haller when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. So many articles, uh, thanks to John Haller and all the extensive research that he does, Uh, We'll only be able to touch on a handful today, but he sent me one uh, called Exposed, Klaus Schwab's School for COVID Dictators and Plan for the Great Reset. We'll get to that and uh, plans of a technocratic elite, another article. But John, really quick, (laughs) I say that, but then we'll go wherever you want. To touch on this interview in the book, The Real Anthony Fauci by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., I want to share two quotes and I'll let you talk about whatever you'd like to wrap up this portion of the podcast. Um, He said, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., when Fauci came into office, we were the healthiest people. Now we consume three times the pharmaceutical products of any other Western nation. We pay the highest prices and we are by far the sickest. Um, Your thoughts on that and any part of the interview you would like to highlight? Well, he is right that the whatever the purpose of the National Institute of Health or the CDC had in its 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 original design and purposes. Uh, and Kennedy says, "Look, you know, my family were legislators so my my uh, that that helped enact that mm-hmm. uh, get that started. It's now really become sort of a clearinghouse for approving farm pharma, new pharmaceutical." Um, Test. And he said, uh, you would think that the guy who's in charge of the Nas- National Institute of Health would be concerned about, like, figuring out why people are sick. But that's not what he does. Is he, he controls a massive budget of uh, to send things out for research grants and that type of thing. He essentially controls medical research in the United States. Uh, and then there are some examples. I, I know in his book he discussed the discussed the drug AZT, which was something that Fauci pushed with re- uh, treatment for AIDS. Yep. Uh, that killed thousands, and it, it it was never proven to have efficacy. So this is the history of this man, and he continues to hide the ball on the um what did the Wuhan Institute and gain of function research and that type of thing. He's lying. He is, I think he's one of the most corrupt people I've seen yet. You will see like, you know, late night comedians like Jimmy count, Jimmy Kimmel saying, I just praise. I'm so grateful that Anthony Fauci is here to protect us. Oh my goodness. Seriously. Um, Seriously. Yeah. You know, he did. He did say that. I saw the quote the other day. Um, So, so, What's happened is that there's been this, you know, we we always know when we talk about Bible prophecy that there's this, uh, it appears that there's this one from what the scriptures say in Revelation and elsewhere that this there's a global leader coming. And there's certain things that will be associated with that global leader. There is uh, the world government. There is... Uh, a mark of the beast that comes about in the middle part of this last seven years of, of history, of history leading up to the millennial reign of Christ. And that mark is by, by yourself. Now there's a lot of controversy within the Christian community that is the vaccine, the mark. Well, first of all, it's the mark of the beast. So nobody can identify the beast. So I think until you have the beast, it's not the mark of the beast. It certainly <laughs> seems to be, and, and this is a, this sort of a grid that I've, Develop from my own analysis of Bible prophecy and current events that there's an acceleration. Things happen very quickly. There's a convergence. They're all happening at the same time. All these different lines, things in Israel, the one world government, Mark of the Beast. There's a logistics aspect to it, and then there's an understanding. So as we get closer, we'll understand. Mm-hmm. But there's also a logistics part to it. So 
there has to be some kind of system in place for this mark of the beast, some kind of technological system. And for years, you know, Christians have speculated it, it, it's the bar tattoo on your hand. So I don't think the vaccine is the mark. Hey, John, we just cut out a little bit. We lost you, and then it, it sounded almost for a moment that you were on a speakerphone. I don't, I don't know what happened there. Um, we may need to reconnect with you, um, but w- while we do that, we're going to reconnect with, with John. Um, I want to just share a couple articles. He mentioned uh, Dr. Fauci and his track record on AIDS, and I just happened to come across a headline, Senator Ron Johnson blasts Fauci's fear-mongering track record. Um, so thank you for those senators that are just trying to investigate this and why Fauci, even back then during the AIDS epidemic, used fear-mongering to get people to take certain drugs. or It's just so corrupt. And that right now I saw another headline over at the Epoch Times. The NIH, which is the National Institute of Health, no documents available on removal of gain-of-function definition from its website. Isn't that interesting that they removed the definition of gain of function, but there's no documentation on why they did it, who did it. uh, Anyway, the decision was made. So some fascinating things, which again, point to the corruption that's going on. And I know guys, it's, it's on a massive scale and it's so easy to be disheartened by so much of what is going on. But um, when we connect with John Haller again, I'm going to ask him, this interview that he sent me with uh, Tucker Carlson interviewing uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., there's some just some amazing things that, that uh, he shares. And it, it is ap- actually not surprising because he talks about some of his, you know, his uncles and people in his family that were involved with this. John, are you back? Okay, we, we don't have him. Okay, uh, let me give you... We have a, a different number for John. Let me, let me see if we can reconnect with him. And look at the very bottom one there. All right, so here's another quote that I'm going to ask Pastor John <laughs> when, when, when we get him back on. The CDC, now this is from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Again, he's a Democrat, and I don't agree with him on so many issues, including the environment and other things, but he said this. He did a, an expose here in this book, The Real Anthony Fauci, and he said this, the CDC is really a vaccine company, not a regulatory agency. Now, wow, you're thinking, wait a minute, the Center for Disease Control. Yes, well, it's a government-run agency, and maybe it started off with the best of intentions. Maybe it started off doing what it was supposed to do, try to control or manage diseases and get information out to the people in America, the CDC. But what it has become is a really a propaganda outlet in a way for vaccine companies. So it's, it's, it's amazing. And John brought up earlier the fact that um, we have to look at who invests in these, who holds the patents to certain vaccines, to certain cures, right, or treatments for COVID. So, um, John, I'm assuming you're back. So let me share that quote again and get your response to it. And this is from the interview that you sent me from Tucker Carlson. Uh, John, did you get your response to this? Robert F. Kennedy Jr. said, the CDC is really a vaccine company, not a regulatory agency. John, did you hear? I did. I'm sorry. I, I Something happened to my phone there. So let me, uh, yeah, so it, it is, it's, it's been designed to help the vaccine companies. Mm-hmm. So let me go. I think you missed all the stuff I was talking about, the Klaus Schwab article on the exposed Klaus Schwab School for COVID Dictators. I That's think good. I dropped out from that. Is that right? Uh, well, well, I don't even think I mentioned it. I didn't even hear you talk about it. So let's go there. Oh, okay. I was talking and, and then I saw it. I didn't recognize I guess my phone went went off. So, so about 30 years ago, Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum started this uh, institute for young global leaders. And so the initial class included people like Angela Merkel from government, uh, business people. Uh, another government person would be Oliver Sarkozy, who used to be the leader, uh, prime minister or president of France. 
And then a, a, a guy named Bill Gates also went through this. Uh, recent uh, graduates include uh, Peter Buttigieg, Emmanuel Macron, and others. And the reason there was an article at Rare Foundation uh, by Michael Ward, which built an article by in German by a guy named Ernst Wolf, who's a, a, a German economist. Okay. And he says that uh, why did he asked the, the obvious question is why did 190 countries in the world all pivot at the same time to deal with COVID in the same way? And so now you see these things happening. So you see that, as I mentioned earlier, the small countries, all these things are being rolled out because they're going to be rolled out in the bigger countries. I, I don't know what stops this at this point. Yeah. Except Nash resistance. Um, I, I, I just don't know. I don't know what else we could say about it. Well, John, how, what does that look like? Just for a moment, mass resistance by we the people. What does that look like? Because it's not going to happen internationally. So we're talking about America here. Now, how can we resist this to change anything? Well, it's, it's difficult because the employers and, and local health authorities are given great deference by the courts to do these things. And I, I, I will be honest with you, I'm sort of at a loss. Um, lawsuits need to be filed. Um you need to make people. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Is that you need to make these people start people, and, and what that looks like. But I have to tell you, you know, I've seen certain Christian people in the Christian community, uh, whether you agree with their theology or not, uh, they may have died of COVID and they were not vaccinated. And uh, one died recently. The family posted that he had passed away from COVID. And so I just decided on Twitter to read through the comments. <laughs> David, um, it, it was one of the most depressing oh. things I've ever done in my life. Wow. To read through the comments like, I'm glad you're dead, I'm glad you're dead, and I hope all your stupid followers don't take the vaccine and they, they, they die like you did. That, that would be some of the kinder comments that I saw. Talk about, that, talk about tolerance, Twitter. right? It, it's really... Uh, <laughs> Unbelievable. Now, I yeah. have seen some uh, uh, Michelle Lewinsky, who I don't know that she's ever succeeded at anything other than uh, being a government bureaucrat. Um, she's the head of the CDC. She did mention the other day that, uh, well, you know, um, she talked about the Omicron variant, that maybe the Omicron variant uh, could get to people who had natural immunity from having had COVID and recovered. It was like the first time that I've heard anybody from the CDC or the Fauci camp mention anything about natural immunity, um, which does exist. Yep. There, there's some recent studies that show that it does exist. But the, the thing that's troubling, and as, as someone who has a relative in the hospital right now, is people go to the hospital and they're told, well, come back when you can't breathe. And there are therapeutics out there to help people. Yes. It's like, is this the only disease that does not have some kind of therapeutics <laughs> to help people? Get them an ozone machine, get them a nebulizer, get them a CPAP or something like that. Mm -hmm. But they don't give them that. They no. tell them, go home till you can't, and if you can't breathe, come back. <sighs> and it, it, I've never seen anything like it. It's very troubling. I yes. mean, I've had a number of friends die from this thing and it's it's horrible it's mm. just horrible but if you suggest alternative medications for you there's there's a doctor i heard about i think he's in uh, mississippi who prescribed uh, uh, ivermectin for a patient and he's they're now threatening to take his law license or his law license his, his medical license away Wow. I saw inter interviews last night with people who have worked at uh, prestigious hospitals for 20 years, including in the COVID wards, where they themselves got sick and recovered and came back to work to care for COVID patients. And yesterday they were fired by Sloan Kettering Memorial Hospital in New York City one of the leading cancer treatment or prestigious cancer treatment institutions in the United States. Mm. 
and this I, I get calls from people all the time. Firemen, pilots, police officers, nurses, doctors. And, and we're in the midst of what they call a pandemic, and they're firing all the healthcare workers. And then they say, well, even if you recovered from COVID, you can't go shopping for groceries in New Brunswick. And it, that's going to spread everywhere. You think so? In New Zealand, you can't do anything. And, and the, 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 psychotic lunatic to send Arden, who's in, in charge of uh, New Zealand. I have, a, I have a video club I play every so often about her, and it's like, with regard to the vaccine and the treatment for COVID and how to deal with COVID, we will be your sole source of information. You do not trust anything unless you hear it from us. Wow. And then she came out yesterday and she said that there would be no endpoint to COVID vaccines, ever. Well, that's so, that's that's not surprising, but the, the fact that she came out and said it openly it kind of is. Well, now what you're seeing is you're sort of seeing the mass taken back. So we have these things like this Global Leadership Summit that's gone on for 30 years. We have a CDC and NIH. And by the way, the bioethics head, I think, of NIH is Anthony Fauci's wife. Um, I don't know if people knew that. <laughs> the one who would talk about ethics with regard to the organization that he runs is the wife of the guy that runs the organization. Yeah, yeah. Nothing to see here. Move along. And and so there's this. There's been this move, all to, to pivot all at once to control everything and lock it down. And so my concern, and, and there's even left-wing people that are talking about it, like Naomi Wolf and that type of thing, that this is to build a social credit system. I was just reading an article this morning about uh, they're coming, there's a program that they've put out called The First 1,000 Days. This is the former head of DARPA, the Defense Agency Research Program. She has developed a program called The First 1,000 Days days about vaccines and things to completely get all information about your baby in the first thousand days. Wow. Now, what do you think they're going to do with this? This is, so they're starting, they're rolling out this social credit system. Yep. The entry level point is the vaccine passport. I mean, somebody gave us tickets to go to a concert down at uh, the Ohio State Arena uh, Value City Arena, the Schottenstein, it's called. <laughs> and so I just thought, well, I better get on and see what's going on. You cannot go to this concert unless you have a vaccine card or a negative PCR test. Wow. Show me your papers is alive and well in America. Hey, John, we've got to take another break, but there's, there's a fascinating paragraph in the article that you sent about Klaus Schwab. The Great Reset, Part 6, Plans of a Technocratic Elite. So much more to talk about with Pastor John Haller when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. According to Klaus Schwab, the founder and executive chair of the World Economic Forum, WEF, the four... IR, that means the fourth industrial revolution, follows the first, second, and third industrial revolutions, the mechanical, electrical, and digital, respectively. The four IR builds on the digital revolution, but Schwab sees the four IR as an exponential takeoff and convergence of existing and emerging fields, including big data, artificial intelligence, machine learning, quantum computing, and genetics, nanotechnology, and robotics. John Haller, there's so much in here, and I know you, you talk a lot about this in your prophecy updates, and we can't possibly cover it all, but just touch on this and what's going on and how they're using modern technology. Well, look, this is the convergence aspect, and we know that there's been this development of the social credit system in um, 
in China. So to the extent that where if you don't have a high enough social credit score, you, you've hung out with the wrong people, you said the wrong things on social media, uh, you'll go to buy a train ticket or an airplane ticket, even internally within China, and you, you're locked out from buying. You're essentially put under a sort of a digital house arrest. And this is a whole control thing. So there's a guy named uh, Yaval Harari who's spoken a number of times at uh, World Economic Forum uh, events at Davos. I uh, would highly recommend he, he's written a book uh, on Homo Deus, I believe it's called. Uh, he's, he's an atheist, gay guy, but... And, and he's sort of like, you wonder how much he's in on the game. He did a great, they did an interview with him at um, a CN, uh, on 60 Minutes recently, and Anderson Cooper was interviewing the guy, and he said, you're talking about these things about transhumanism and merging of man and machine, and that's he said, you're scaring the blank, 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 blank out of me <laughs> in the interview. And, and so Harari raises issues, but he at the same time, he's promoting it. So he's kind of in on it. It's just like Elon Musk. I played a clip of him Sunday at a recent conference where he said, um, we're really in a very dark place with artificial intelligence. It's very bad. It's, it's, we're beyond the point where this should have been regulated. Mm. We regulate everything else, but this thing has grown so fast. And the exponential computing power that goes along with it, you know, we used to talk about Moore's Law, which was a doubling computing power, doubling every 24 months. They're doing like 10, 11, 20 times more computing power in a short period of time. They get the quantum, they're talking about millions of more, uh, million times more powerful in just a very short period of time. It will completely change everything. Wow. And I've mentioned the Facebook server farm out here. They're building an artificial intelligence server ser- uh, building yep. 15 minutes from my house. What do you think they're going to do with this? Mark Zuckerberg gave half a billion dollars to different Democratic campaigns and people in the last election. Why is this not being talked about? I mean, they talk about, you know, people who are changing the election by posting on social media. The guy that owns social media put a half a billion dollars into the election through yes. different entities. And that, that just gets kind of the wave of the hand. So this convergence thing that Schwab's talking about and that Michael Rechtenwald in his great article on a book that he wrote a couple of years ago called Google Archipelago, sort of a take on Alexander Solzhenitsyn's book about the totalitarian Soviet Union, He's saying Google is the same thing. And Google's now come out. They just had Google, Eric Schmidt, and Henry Kissinger just came out with a book on artificial intelligence. David, my my point of all of this is um, there's a lot of us that try to cover it. You cover it. Patrick Wood does. I know Andy Woods does. Tries to. I'm just telling your audience that as a guy who studied Bible prophecy literally all of my life, so I'm in my late 60s now, so I have a sort of a big database of it. But looking at what the current events are going on in the world related to this, it is happening so fast that it's hard to keep up with. Mm. And if you want to keep up with it, follow me, follow Andy Woods, follow Patrick Wood, follow... Uh, Gary Carr, I mean, uh, the people that you have on to talk about this, we are yep. really in very, very deep, and it's happening so, so fast. That's what I think— That it's hard to keep up. Yeah, that's what I think is uh, very interesting, how f- the speed with which all this is happening, and you, gr- perfect word is convergence. Um, but, John, right, I, you, go ahead. Can I, let me just say one more thing. You need to listen very carefully to what people say, because I mentioned Elon Musk, mm-hmm. who— a month ago was saying, oh, this artificial intelligence thing, we just don't know where it's going, we don't know where it's going. Yesterday he came out and said that within a few months they will have a digital brain-human interface called Neuralink that they're going to start rolling out in humans within the next year. Wow. So (laughs) for all the concerns he expresses about it, he's in on it. At the same, so you got you got to watch this stuff very, very carefully. Yep. And so when they say we're here, we're the government, and we're here to help, ah. uh, what Ronald Reagan used to joke about that that's not a joke now. Yep. It's, it's a nightmare. And as a friend of mine sent me a, a a baseball cap 
with the uh, writing on it said, make, make Orwell 1984 again. <laughs> yeah, with the government, we have to understand. Yeah, so governments, we're talking about the CDC and the NIH and, and agencies that were originally supposed to look out for the best uh, look out for the best interests of the people. But I want to share one more paragraph from that great article um, called, you know, Part 4, Plans of a Technocratic Elite. It says, over the past 21 months, the response to the COVID-19 scourge has consolidated the mon- monopolistic corporation's grip on the economy on top while advancing actually existing socialism below. In partnership with big tech, big pharma, the legacy media, national and international health agencies, and compliant populations, hitherto democratic Western states are increasingly being transformed into totalitarian regimes modeled after China. And that... By the way, David, how many lockdowns have you voted for? Um, I don't think I voted for any because they didn't give us a choice in That's America. Right. In America, we had no say. And, oh. and that's what Bobby Kennedy said in his interview with Tucker is that they're systematically coming a- against things like the right of free speech, the uh, right for a trial by jury, due process of law. I mean, you see in these these goons, these FBI goons serving search warrants, on moms because they're criticizing school boards. Guys who speak up at a school board meeting get arrested by the police mm. agency that the, the school board in Round Rock, Texas, has its own police agency. Mm. Wow. What is going on? And, and it happens so quick. Yeah. So Mike Erectowal, who wrote this great article at Mises Institute, by the way, was for 25 years of his life a socialist. Wow. So he kind of knows where he... he I don't know, I guess he sort of had a conversion experience. He's a, he's a libertarian right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so in, in light of all this, too, but at the same time that all this is going on on the vaccine and social credit and Davos and World Economic Forum and big tech and transhumanism and all this stuff, we also have just a situation heating up in the Middle East. There, It looks like we're getting close to a war uh, between Israel and Iran of some kind. Uh, Israel's been making many, many attacks into Syria uh, and other places in the Middle East. There's been a lot of attacks on Iranian nuclear facilities. The nuclear talks um, are are a complete sham. If they haven't broken down, they're going to break down already. But a lot of this relates around, and I talk a lot about this Sunday again for the umpteenth time, about the, it, a lot of it relates to Israel, the Palestinians, and the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Hmm. And um, I just want to say that uh, as someone who studies archaeology a bit or archaeological discoveries, there's been a lot of evidence that has come out that say that says that the there's no doubt that the Temple Mount is Jewish in its origin. That the that the people of Israel have a religious connection to the Temple Mount, and Hebron, uh, down at the Cave of Machpelah, and many other places throughout Israel. But it's that part of the land where they have the most evidence that they had a footprint in the land yes. that they want to take away and give to the Palestinian Arabs in a separate state. Uh, you see King Abdullah of Jordan, when he talks about he's supposedly the custodian of the Temple Mount, uh, with a deal that was reached many years ago, but... <laughs> He never mentions the Jewish connection. He only does Christian and Muslim. So let me tell you a quick story. I know we only have a few minutes left. Sure. Uh, I recently spoke at Liberty University Law School and afterwards uh, was able to have lunch and then um, spend the afternoon with Randall Price, who's a professor there, uh, really one of the leading Christian evangelical archaeologists in the world. I mean, he's made four trips up to Mount Ararat at least to try to find Noah's Ark. He's (laughs) Uh, dug extensively at Qumran and also in Israel around the Temple Mount and other places. He's, he's, he's a wealth of knowledge. But he had a couple of artifacts in the in the, the little museum they have at Liberty there. A lot of it comes from his own personal collection. Some of them were pieces of wood. And I know about these pieces of wood. Uh, they were found, uh, they were uh, parts of the beams from the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Uh, they was, the mosque roof collapsed in an earthquake 
And so they took these old wood beams and they just kind of put them under a tarp near that closed gate that you see along the eastern wall of the Temple Mount. Um, and they were able to analyze those. And there was an article in Biblical Archaeology Review back in 2013, and that wood actually was found to be cedar from Lebanon. Hmm. And they also dated it to a number of the beams went to 2,000 years ago, which would have been the time of the Second Temple of Herod. And one beam was dated 3,000 years ago, would have been to the time of the Temple of Solomon. So the people who studied this are convinced that these are parts of the First and Second Temples that stood on the Temple Mount, which somebody go tell King Abdullah, because he never mentions the Jewish connection, but he also told me a story uh, there's a piece of, of white limestone. It's carved. And um, I don't know if I should share this, but it's there, and he, he tells me the story. So um, he said he was wanting to go out and look along the western wall, or the eastern wall, because when the Romans destroyed the temple in 70 AD, they pushed the debris towards the east, towards the Mount of Olives. And it went down there into the the top of the Kidron Valley that's between the Temple Mount and the Mount of Olives. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this is what archaeologists do. They, they always look around trash piles because that's they find things and they analyze them. And he wanted to go out and just walk around. He can't dig out there. It's a Muslim cemetery. But uh, the guards were at the gate there wouldn't let him go out. And he said they wouldn't tell him why. But then he saw a group of men coming, walking through the old city there, carrying a body uh, in a funeral procession. And they were going out to the Muslim cemetery there. So that's probably why. He, so he just joined the funeral procession and went out and stood there while they had their ceremony. And then everybody left except two guys started digging the grave. And as they were digging the grave, they hit this rock, hmm. what they thought was a rock, and they kind of cast it aside. So when they stepped away for a few minutes to uh, have a smoke break or something. Uh, Randall picked up the stone and took it. He went to the appropriate authorities in Israel, and they said, well, you know, if they asked where he found it, and he told them, and it's pretty clear that this was part of the Second Temple. Wow. That he had a piece of. It may be the only piece on the planet. He also has a coin there, which is like one of the, the maybe the only coin in existence that has a picture of the temple on it. Hmm. I think it came from the Maccabean period. I mean, so listen, they, they discovered 49 cisterns around the Temple Mount to hold water to do the, because there was a lot of water that was required for the temple worship uh, in the first and second temple periods because of the, I mean, they sacrificed 22,000 bulls. That's a, that's a lot of blood that's got to be washed away. Wow. So they, they had these cisterns. So there's all these archaeological discoveries coming on. It's clear who that land belongs to, but it's clear that the world wants to deny that. And we live at this period of time when it's becoming clear who the land belongs to, but the world is ignoring it. They're gaslighting us all the time, just like they do on COVID yep. and all this other stuff from the crime. So oh, there's there's no Jew, no Jewish connection to the Temple Mount, and it's just nonsense. Hey, John, we got to so wrap. Just understand, you're yep. getting gaslighted. Thank, thank you so much for your time okay. today, brother. Uh, tomorrow we are going to be speaking with Jay Warner Wallace. He's got a new book out, Person of Interest. God bless you, and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.